What's going on, everybody? It is Flobo Sawed on Netflix, a show where we go deep into the archives of what Netflix has to offer. Some old, some new, some in between to chat about what we like and what we didn't like. Well, it's, that's why it's kind of a different kind of review show. I'm not here to tell you if the movie's good or bad. I'm here to answer the question, who's it for? Today, we're talking about Slumberlands, which, according to my slight research of two web searches, is a movie based on an animated movie based on a comic strip about the very nature of dreams. And what does that mean to dream and to go to different worlds? It's kind of the whimsy that kind of may seem like paint by numbers now, but the OG comics been around in lore for about 50 to 60 years. Let's get to the reviews. IMDb gives it a 6.7 out of 10, and Rotten Tomatoes is officially split. Uh, 37% from critics, 87% of the audience score of a family movie where if you go and dream, you'll find yourself into a whole other dreamscape. So it's kind of like where the wild things are mixed with like the, ben, the benevolent side of the whole Freddy Krueger universe, but a, totally a, a fun, and I use the word again, whimsical presentation. And a lot of the stuff about this movie is pretty cool. It's the visuals. Francis Lawrence is a director, uh, a very prolific music director when I was growing up, but as I am a genre fan, uh, most notably known as the director of the movie Constantine featuring Keanu Reeves about 20 years ago. So you have a lot of rich browns and blues in your color palette. Uh, the visual effects, based on the, the price of, of Netflix's budget uh, to its size, is pretty cool. So technically, it's pretty sound. It's a movie you can play, uh, even though it's not necessarily a holiday movie. It does have holiday movie vibes. You can definitely play it now. We were having your parties in the background. Kids will love it. There's some intense scenes of shadows and maybe the occasional uh, act of violence, but nothing too crazy. That's all center on the relationship between Jason Momoa, who plays a, a figment of the dreamscape called Flip, and our main character, Nemo himself, herself, themselves. Uh, I think Marlo goes by she here. Marlo Barkley, uh, which I thought was a little bit older to play the role uh, of the seafaring or bedfaring uh, Nemo, who travels into these dreamscape worlds of these uh, lush dreams of other people. But I think as the movie went on, it was a perfect choice. Marlo is impeccable here. And you kind of feel the difference of precociousness you see in other movies where someone who just seems to know it all and someone who's really raised with a sharp, a sharp eye and keen eye for knowledge of the world. So, like, I'm glad the character was a little bit older. It seemed like she was almost uh, pre-teenage, 9, 10 years old, as opposed to maybe 6 or 7, which would have been my original choice if I was going through it. The chemistry uh, between Marlo and Flip is solid. And even her chemistry with her dad, uh, Peter, or even her uncle, Philip, uh, they just work on different levels, uh, having the the different dynamic of a father figure when Peter is lost at sea and Philip takes uh, uh, custody of Nemo is definitely different. I think Peter is the best kind of comic relief, my favorite deadpan as all heck, uh, and something I truly enjoy. It had me chuckling out loud a couple of times. And what's cool about movies now, and we see this a lot more uh, with uh, films in the adult genres, is a reliance on lore, right? As films and these blockbusters, these temples become franchise ready, 
a lot of nuggets are installed into the universe. So you're able to walk out of the theater saying, I want more. I want spinoffs. I want TV shows and series and all that. And this one's no different. And I don't want to go too deep into it. I don't want to detract from the main story. But the very idea that there is an outlaw code or the idea of a dream bureau or subconscious activities bureau, excuse me, is cool and ripe for those kind of spinoffs and extensions and all that sort of thing. So uh, give props to that. What's really puzzling about this uh, is ratings. If IMDb is a six out of seven, I think that's pretty solid. I think I'm almost inclined to agree. I would say it's solid seven myself. It's the critic and audience score split in Rotten Tomatoes that gives me the most pause. I mean, if the critic is saying 37%, I would say it's a not recommend. And truthfully, it doesn't really break any new ground. Either you've seen this movie or you've seen elements of this movie elsewhere. But when an audience says 87%, that means there's some things that are intangible, right? In my experience, especially in family films, that's when a film has heart, right? Because sometimes if you're not really into it or program to appreciate that, it could come off as melodrama. Uh, but if you're just feeling the feels about losing someone or having friends or the reveal of what it means to be an adult or what do our dreams mean, how do we modify our dreams, things like that. I think you're going to have a good time and enjoy it. So I understand why the audience score is so wide from the critic store, but not 37%, not 87%. I think IMDb has a close one here, 6 out of 10. Uh, 7 out of 10 for me, 6.7 out of 10 for that service. Two-hour runtime. It's about 20 minutes of it too long. I'll admit for this one, I took uh, this film in two sittings. But if you're kind of having in the background when people are coming over for family movies, it's not that big of a deal. But something you will really enjoy because it does come with mature themes that are from a bygone era. When I was a kid where there weren't very uh, many PG movies, things were either G or PG-13 <laughs> when it came to fam family uh, uh, content. Or say the opposite. Things be either PG or G, not like PG-13. Uh, I think you'll enjoy having your preteens or uh, a movie that younger kids, if you say three or four, uh, and older kids, 9, 10, 11, would appreciate as well. Join top to bottom. Kind of wish it was shorter, but I, I kind of like my thing. As you guys are long-term listeners, you'll know that the best sweet spot is an hour 40. This one's two hours even. Slumberland, I'm pretty sure they'll get a sequel. I don't see why not, especially if they get Jason Momoa, Akam Wen, Kyle Drago himself uh, to be a part of this franchise. But really was uh, pleasantly surprised about the chemistry of the characters and, of course, the uh, comedy relief of the hapless Philip, uh, Uncle Philip. That is it for me for this edition of Flobos on Netflix. Hey, you know what? Thank you so much for making this part of your podcasting diet heard all around the world. Got the Spotify rap. It's kind of impressed that this show has legs. What movie do you want me to review next? Let me know. Uh, you can hit me up at Flobos on that Twitter or all oh, that Flopito, F-L-O-B-I-T-O on that Instagram. So until next time, this is Flobos on Netflix. Mm -hmm.